Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Welcome to the Cannamom Show. Are you interested in hearing inspiring cannabis stories told by real women, moms, and caregivers who are breaking barriers and building businesses in the emerging cannabis industry? This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. I'm a former family law attorney and mother of two. And I've been talking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. And along with my canna sister, realtor, cancer survivor, and mom, Amy Searles, who unfortunately can't be with us today, but is listening out there in New York. We're on a mission, me and Amy, to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories and connecting them to you. So today, today's guest reached out to us on Instagram, and we're so glad she did. She is a mom of two little girls, is currently one of the top five finalists for the Bud Tender Award Ambassador category nationally. She is about to start the first and only chapter of 420 nurses in her state of Oregon and is one of the head planners of the National Bud Tenders Campout, which is having its inaugural event in June. She is also an ex-stripper and felon who has served six years in prison and she has quite a colorful story and has found grace in her journey. She's looking forward to sharing her story in hopes of inspiring and helping more women like her. Our guest understands the harsh judgment women can be subjected to, but because she was able to push back against the negative narrative and emerge as a wonderful mom and moving force in the cannabis industry, she knows it can be done. She is passionate and persistent, and we are happy to introduce you to Emily Rios, all the way from Oregon. Welcome, Emily. Hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for reaching out to us and telling us your story and just sharing what's happened to you. We are getting, you know, we hear from so many different women in the cannabis industry. This is a different angle for us. Phenomenal. So I, I'm glad. That means we get to look at things from a different point of view. Absolutely. So you've had quite a life. <laughs> I have. Where do you, yes, where do you I'm want... only 30. <laughs> and where do you want to start? I can literally start from where my journey was as a lost young teen of 18. 18 is when I got my case. It was 
to class three dangerous nature felonies. And in Arizona, there was at the time no self-defense laws. I have currently been hearing recent rumors. I call them rumors because until I can see that there is a rape case or until I have friends that are in there that are not in there for life Mm -hmm. for defending themselves while they're being raped, Mm -hmm. I will believe it. Because currently, I have an ex-wife that's in there that's serving 25 to life for killing her rapist. Mm -hmm. And one of her friends are in there serving natural life for killing their rapist that shot her in the back. So these are are stories of trauma. We hear these over and over again about people who are actually in the, who, you know, they've come into cannabis through trauma. They've discovered ways to you know help themselves is that something that worked with you is that how this yes. transformation yeah there's yeah. just no way you either get consumed by trauma or you use it as strength and you've used it as strength so let's hear how you did I've that used it as strength. Yeah. um <laughs> so you were six well, years when I, yeah. yeah so after i did six years my family who is predominantly up here in the pacific northwest area mm-hmm. had drove down in two different cars and waited for me to leave the gates of the only women's prison in Arizona, which is ASPC Perryville. How, why, were you in Ar- so, why were you in Arizona? I don't think I got that part of the story. Oh, uh, because I I was defending my best friend at the time, so I almost killed somebody. Oh, all right. Um, so that's where my two dangerous nature felonies. I am a ex-violent offender. Mm-hmm. I am also an ex-con. Mm-hmm. Um I went in when I was 18, and I got out when I was 25. And you came back to a supportive family? People came to get you? Yes. Yes. People came to get me from up here. They drove down. It was a four-day road trip there, four-day road trip back. Mm -hmm. Um, When I did get out, I went back to dancing. Okay. But I also found my significant other, the love of my life, Mm -hmm. who I've been with for over five years, and it just so happened to be that he, it was something he was not accepting. All right. Especially since I became pregnant two months after us meeting each other and all that good stuff. Quick, yeah. <laughs> so after that, I did try for, I was a stay-at-home mom for two, for three years. Okay. I did not like it. Uh, I was a stay-at-home <laughs> I, mom too, and my daughter's right here, so she can tell you how that went. <laughs> yeah, I... I hated it very much. I was, I've was i always been the type. I've never been the domesticated type, which I'm sure a lot of women would relate. Um, I've always been the type to go out and get my own money and pay for my own things. And it's just something comfortable and feeling independent. Absolutely. And knowing you can do it yourself. Agency, I know. That, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That changes how someone is or should change how someone is, especially me. Um, when I tried to get back into the working field but without dancing or using my body to make easy money Mm -hmm. it was actually extremely hard for me Uh, mm -hmm. so (laughs) even even though they we went through programs coming out saying that the you know there are this many lists of companies that's willing to accept us and look you know look past our felonies I have found all those cases not to be true. Mm-hmm. When I started the work field, I got hired by Amazon and I got hired by Columbia Sportswear on the spot based on my interview. Right. And they gave me a start date. But when I came on my start date, they both told me that I had to go home, that they couldn't work past my background because I'm a felon. felon. All right. So how, yes. and, that, and that's a big issue. Actually, that's an issue in the cannabis industry for people who are trying to get into it or want to have been connected to 
some illegal activity because of the cannabis and trying to get back into it? I'm not too sure how it is in every state. Yeah. I know this state, you do. They, It's not very easy to get your marijuana worker permit. Right. They do an extensive background check. Um, and it just so happened to be that they gave me a chance. Which is interesting. They, That's good. They allowed, they allowed me, who is a felon, and this is not just like uh, the owner of a company. This is the state board. Mm-hmm. So you have to um, take a lengthy test on the Oregon um, state site, and then it goes to, you know, really high up their people in the government, and then they're the ones that do your extensive background um, search. They check on you and all the things if you violated any of their laws and all that stuff before they even give you your permit. So this is after. Um, so how so how did you get from? So you were trying to get some work. You were having trouble with Amazon. How did you get connected to the cannabis world specifically? I eventually got a job at the truck stop, um, and I started hearing uh, from many people that they had family that that they had family working in the cannabis industry, my own cousin. And I was like, well, I mean, what can I lose Mm -hmm. if other companies like Amazon and Columbia is telling me that I, you know, I'm not worth it enough. I mean, what? Nothing to lose. What's another no? What's another another no to me? Emily, what year was this? Was this like 2016? What year was this? transition oh this was let me see right now it's 2019 2020 what 2020 2000, oh yeah 2020 <laughs> i know 2020 mm-hmm. um 2017 is when they had decided to give me the chance to and gave me my marijuana it really did. Uh, the end of dispensaries, too, it's not like they don't ask, do you have felonies? They do, mm-hmm. even the one that I'm at currently. Okay. It's just that since the state has deemed me worthy to get my permit, they have also allowed me to work for them. And honestly, I have flourished in this industry. I'm right here, baby. Hey. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. My two-year-old daughter. Hey, Come here. Somebody's in there. Come on. Get me my on the podcast, My two-year-old daughter. Too. She's running around me. <laughs> See, this is a real working mom, kids. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she's uh, usually I'm off on Tuesday and Wednesday so that I can take care uh, of her. run my four-year-old to school. You eat all your oatmeal, and then I have my two-year-old who is not in school today okay. um, running around with me. Fun. That's, all right, so you got into, so, it's got, so you be, it, it allowed you to be a better mother. So you became a bed tender. Was that your first position? What was your... Yes. Okay. My first position in the cannabis industry is a bud tender. I'm still currently a bud tender right now. Mm-hmm. I find extreme joy in it. And do you want to talk? There do you want, do you want to name the name the is disp- only the, you... two ways a customer can leave you, and that's either to be medicinally helped or recreationally helped. Right. And can you name the dispensary you're working for? Do they? I work at TJ's on Powell, who is connected to. Um, TJ's Gardens and Yerba Buena Farms. Okay. They are award-winning farms in this state. They are dispensaries, hold many award-winning companies. We have award-winning strains. Last year, our doctor, our in-house Dr. Levesque won the High Times Cannabis Cup uh, Award for Best CBD Strain. 
the year before that, there's a couple other strains that have worn uh, that have won awards as well. So you're working for a quality place. Anybody in any state that researches um, our company is will find that it's phenomenal. It's such a phenomenal place. I mean, even their practices on growing their flower, their cannabis techniques are phenomenal. The all the we prefer quality over quantity. So many of the companies want to work with TJs, but if they don't have quality um, stuff, like they're not willing to lose, they're not willing to do cheaper. Reputation, for more. obviously. So, can you tell me a little bit about the Bud Tender Award? Was that something that worked in connection with working at TJs? Was that they supportive? Were they? Um, Oh, they were extremely supportive. Um, So uh, the Bud Tender Awards, how I came about is they, it was a while, it was in August. So the Bud Tender Awards of 2019 was the very first Bud Tender Awards. And this is just, is this Oregon? Where is this? Just nationally? What is this? Yes, it was nationally. It was in the Mandalay Bay. Uh, Over 700 Bud Tenders and dispensaries were nominated. Only 40, I'm sorry. And and what's the qualifications for nomination? So the Buttender Awards had came out with nine categories. Okay. And each of these nine categories, like one was the Days and Infused. That would be more specifically for edibles. And then you have your 710 Master. That would be the Master Dabber, you know, <laughs> the one that knows the most about concentrate. Yep. Then you have the Ambassador Award, which is the category that I made a finalist in. And that category is you are the front face. The face that you have, you are the face of an ever-changing cannabis world. Wow. You help customers, you know, you help customers out phenomenally, phenomenally, yeah. you know, you know how to, you know your stuff, you have the knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you're, and you're also breaking stigmas mm-hmm. while doing this, which was important to me because I have several stigmas that I'm under. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm an ex-dancer, I'm an ex-con, you know, now I'm a butt tender that's made it all the way to the, ba- the Mandalay Bay yes. from... Nothing. Well, it's so crushing the stigma. No, this is awesome. I mean, it is such an expansive opportunity for people to, you know, like this is a new industry. This is a place where people can use their skills. And if they're living or they're working for a supportive company, look how far you can go. Yeah. yeah. And it's in the, our company, too, especially TJ's on Powell, like my manager, Evan, he is amazing. He's extremely supportive. And so is our TJ's Oregon lady, Amanda, that runs our Instagram. They both all the way to New York. They had all the way up to their executives voting for me. That's a, that's all the way in New York. Like, people you got a network. are amazing in this company. All right, so you went in there, and it was down to 45, and then what were the uh, oh, yeah. qualifications for that? So the- then they had, um, there's a big, huge voting nationally that went along. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a huge voting that went along. We had to start doing the social media uh, promotions and stuff like that. So then it went down from 700 to 45. And in each of the nine categories, there's only five main finalists. And those five main finalists all got the opportunity to fly down to the Mandalay Bay. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, it was just super social media voting and stuff like that. Again, it was the first Buttender Awards. But the idea that um, it exists and that it, there's so much excitement around it, that's fascinating. Oh, yes, and it's nationally. This year, there's going to be another one. They already announced it to all of us. I plan on going again this year. Then again, I also have huge things like starting the 420 chapter. Yeah, so which is what you um, want to talk to. So, yeah, let's talk. Company, that was my next question. TJ's. Yeah, so how- we, are, we have the Northwest Cannabis Club down here that we're business partners with. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the Northwest Cannabis Club is one of the two legal, only legal consumption uh, places that is in our state. Can you? So some people, we don't have consumption places really in very many places. Can you describe what yeah. those are like? I just, people have never been to one. I think it's interesting. Yes, yeah. and we are business. We are business partners with one of the uh, best ones in our state, the Northwest Cannabis Club, and it's somewhere that already has rig set up, bong set up. It's somewhere for all of us, you know, as a community to get together. They throw various parties. Um, they were throwing me my very first 420 party, but it so happens to be that during that time there was a flu epidemic uh, <laughs> around here, and it hit everybody really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so these social so, con- yeah. so these social consumptions do they actually look like bars? <laughs> so in our legal consumption, um, people usually bring their own dab, okay, bring their own or dab. their own concentrate, and then uh, they provide like the equipment. Okay, they provide the rigs and the bongs and stuff as of yet we cannot legally do it like that okay where it's like a bar and we give them well that because we were in, stuff. So, I, amy and i were in vegas a couple of weeks ago and we there's a <laughs> social consumption lounge in one of the dispensaries and um it was actually a bar they sold beer and like bong hits it was very unusual oh. i know it was <laughs> how interesting vegas seems to be a little more um not Offending those that live in Vegas, but they seem to be a little more lax. Oh, so yeah, so I, it, we're in Massachusetts. So Amy and I always joke that it's like virtually yeah. impossible to find the door. When you do find the door, yes. you have to show two forms of ID. You have to go into like a secret chamber, and then you're allowed in. Yes, in Vegas, it's lit up like it's like a neon funhouse. Yes, it is. I when we were <laughs> down there, it was my very first time being in Vegas. Um, when I went down to the Bud Tender Awards. Okay. And it was quite an experience. Uh, very, it, it was very interesting. I didn't, it, I was only there for the weekend that, that the Bud Tender Awards were, was being held, right. but it was definitely a lot to take in at once. It is a lot. Yeah, we did a little, we actually rented a car. We talked about this actually in this week's show. Uh, we rented a car and we drove around just to see what the different dispensaries look like. You know, and there were the neon ones, but there were the lovely ones that were in shopping malls and it just, it just it's very normalized. It's like normalized for the community that they exist in, you know? I believe I only saw Planet 13 in Essence. Yes, Planet 13 is enormous, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was was very interesting. That's another thing is I would hope at our bartender campout that we are holding nationally – that people get to see what Oregon cannabis is about because we have some really phenomenal cannabis that's grown like I haven't seen any other part in this nation grow. So can you tell, yeah, so talk about what is exactly the Bud Tender Campout? I know you're doing something in June. There's a new event. Yes. yes. Um, so it's something me and the other Oregon finalists and the winner um, of the Days and Infused, her name is Lorraine Miller. She's another one that is on my 420 Oregon executive board. She... Her, me, and the spotlight finalist, Matt, and um, I, and I believe they're Maytal. She is another one that is a medallion finalist. Mm-hmm. She works at Top Shelf Buds here. All four of us are going to be planning the Bud Tender Camp Out where we have the other bud tenders from the bud tender awards as well as whoever they want to bring come up here, enjoy Oregon as a scenery, and... I'm hoping to plan tours out to farms out here. That's a great idea. As, yeah. yeah, like the TJ's, like TJ's Gardens, like our in-house farms, because our in-house farms are phenomenal. Yeah, so we they did. They win so awards. Do you have, um, like I, I interviewed a woman in Colorado who's doing cannabis tourism. 
uh, who's actually doing these, you know, like so a lot of private tours, but a lot of like people from different parts of the country who are thinking about legalizing it to the municipalities to bring them around to show them what it's like. Have you ever done something like that in Oregon? I have not, but yeah. that is a phenomenal idea. And that's another thing, like us as a community, we could pull together and really show everyone. Well, don't you think that's what, like cha- what cannabis that, is about? That's what changed. I always, that's what I talk about on the show is my cannabis awakening was going to Colorado and actually seeing it in person. You know, this isn't my natural habitat. I, w- yeah. I, I didn't know everything I knew was wrong until I went and saw the dispensaries and saw the grow facilities and got a little bit of history. And, um, you know, it's personal experiences that change people's minds. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, when I feel our cannabis is very underrated. Our cannabis, I, when it, while I was at the Budtender Awards, I heard many vendors talking about their cannabis, their extraction processes, but nobody could really tell me about their pesticide counts. Nobody can really tell me if they have. We can't in this state use the word organic. We use living soil, living till, and we use the word clean, green, certified, which is another stringent testing above the regular testing in order to even get the whole clean, clean, green, certified title on your license. You're you're sort of a step ahead of everyone. That's interesting. Yeah, we are. We're we're pretty up there. Um, I I was listening very quietly um, because there was only six Oregonians there. Mm-hmm. There were only literally only six of us that were in the wards, and we were surrounded by Cali bud tenders, Nevada, Colorado bud tenders, and all that stuff. So it's quite interesting to hear other states' um, bud tenders representing their cannabis and how well and how much they did know about it and how much they did not know about it. Well, it is, which, a, it is an interesting position you're in. So I used to say, you know, people are going into these dispensaries, especially the medicinal ones, and, you know, the because doctors can't recommend and there aren't that many nurses, you know, you're really acting as a a, a medical advisor at some level. Um, yes. And that, you know, there isn't necessarily this sort of training across the board. And I've interviewed quite a few different bud tenders, and I just find it, it's an interesting job. Like, you're, we live in a world of Amazon. Everyone gets stuff delivered. And bud tenders are one of the few people that we have to shop in person with. You have to talk to them and know who they are, and they have to know you. It's like changing. It's like, a, it's like an old-fashioned way of shopping. Yes. Because you need to be very, Which, we need to trust you. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, I, we all ask very pointed questions. Some of us has more experience than other. One of my um, coworkers who is no longer working with us, Alicia, she's another one on my Oregon 420 executive board. She has Parkinson's. Okay. She has other physical ailments um, that she uses cannabis for and nothing else. hmm and and her, she's a living testament that I could send customers that have, you know, neuropathy issues or or Parkinson's to her. And we do have some. We have we have quite a lot of. We love our medical patients um, very much. And we have the ones that come in that are brand new that have anything physical. They tend to find comfort in somebody that does have Parkinson's and stuff. Other people like moms will come in. And they'll come and whisper, and they'll ask me, "Are you know, are you a mom?" And I'll be like, "Yes." And they'll be like, "Have you used cannabis while you're pregnant? Is it safe? You know, what can I expect?" And then I help them, or some that come in there and that are like, "Hey, you know, I'm bipolar. I don't know if you can relate to me." The answer is yes, yeah. I can relate to you. So what? So, I so what, have what's the status yeah, of that? I have what, my own issues too that I only use cannabis for. That doctors have told me that I should get medication pharmaceuticals for instead 
And what's this? So it's like it's what's a level of we, what's a med, well, level of medical connection? Like how are the doctors and nurses? Like out here, I've been interviewing some green nurses. There are some doctors who are prescribing it, but <laughs> it does seem like there's a big there's a big gap. Um, my personal, so. per, personally, my doctor is all for it. Oh, good. He, I told him um, he got my medical records. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, from prison, okay. <laughs> he mm-hmm. got my medical records. I was seen by psychiatrists there, mm-hmm. and I told him I don't want to be under any pharmaceuticals ever again. I don't. I just it's just something that I refuse wasn't working to do. Right. And he told me in the end he's there to help me, mm-hmm. not to force me or to make money. But this is one in a million doctors here, right? And. Uh, he told me to go and print out the stuff that I needed for my medical patient card. Mm-hmm. He signed it, and I sent it in. Yeah. But in, ter- now, in terms of helping you figure out what you can use, that's the other issue, right? I mean, they don't really know. The what? They don't really, I don't think doctors really know enough to even tell you how much or what type or what terpenes. or the, You're not getting that no, kind of advice. No, they don't know. Yeah, no, they don't know. I believe their medical training. There is, I heard from him and a couple other uh medical doctors that they are starting to have um, courses for them just because now it is uh, so widely used Good. medicinally. Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's they are change. starting to have courses for them. It's it's popping up. It's not prevalent as of yet mm-hmm. because it's still widely um, not accepted. Yeah. But there are a few universities that are starting to have medical courses that deal with can, uh, cannabis, cannabinoids, and the connection to our endocannabinoid system as well and how they affect us exactly. physically. And so can you tell me a little bit about the um, 420 nurses? How so the 420 nurses, I met them down at the Bud Tender Award. Okay. Um, are they at Oregon? They are a national society. A national, okay. All right. There is uh, one in every state except, ironically enough, not one in Oregon. There's even one in Washington. There's one in all the surrounding states but Oregon. Hmm. And they said that they were they have been trying to get one out in Oregon. They haven't uh, have one yet. So while I was up here, I was like, well, what can I do? What else can I do while I have all these, you know, because I'm riding the wave of me being an ambassador finalist. I mean, I'm nationally recognized now. Right. So now, whereas nobody would listen to me if I tried to make a change, I can make a change now. Now you have a voice. Because, yes, now I have a voice, because now people are like, oh, you, yep. you know, you're you gotta, that you, girl. you got to sit at that table so now, now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So now people can listen to that girl because people know who that girl is. Mm-hmm. I didn't win, but um, I am the top five, and I'm, I was pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm recognizable by my bright green hair as I walked around all over the place there. <laughs> well, it's the idea, you know, we're crushing the shame, we're telling these stories, we're talking about women who are using this in a regular way and being great moms and caregivers. You're a good example of that. And that it's not just, oh, thank you. I mean, it's not just being a parent. I mean, you're moving your life ahead and you're, you know, you're, you're taking the next step. You're taking the level to advocacy, which I have many of the women I'm meeting. This is their story. They've had trauma. Their children are sick. They found it works for them, cannabis, and they're just willing to they're willing to be the people up front. You're very brave. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, I would only, yeah. I would definitely only hope that my girls would see the strength when they grow older. And okay, so that's part. Of, that's right. That's going do. right into my next question. Yeah. So this is a thing. This is literally how my show started. My show started with me and a friend talking about how you talk to your children in this new era. My children are older, obviously. My daughter's 18. My son is 21 now, and uh, her kids are a little bit younger. But that is really one of the themes of the show. Like, what is 
now in this new era, we're, we're getting rid of the shame. How do you, your girls are very young now. How open are you? What do you talk about? Is it, do you talk about it as medicine? Do you talk about it? How do you work with them as oh, young yeah, children? Oh, yeah, it's medicine. And how, do you, yeah, and, how, it's... and how do you work with your friends or other people who may be a little suspicious or just, just how do you, how do you work in your world with, as a mom of young children? Um, well, my, I grew up, um, I'm tomorrow in Filipina, mm-hmm. so, um, we grew up with the Chamorro and the Filipina culture very um, ingrained in our spinal cord, in our bones. Mm-hmm. So a lot, cannabis is not accepted. Okay. I mean, when when I try to talk to my mom still, she kind of cuts me right off and is like, oh, no, no, you know, no, I can't do drugs with my heart medicine. Okay. And I'm like, mom, you're... Your heart medicine is your drugs. <laughs> you know, it's just like, but it's, it's something that she just won't hear. But yes. what's a, what's ironic about that is that she knows I work in a dispensary. She knows I sell weed. Right. She knows I sell weed legally. Right. Even even better. And she knows I'm good at selling weed. Right. Really good. So yeah, <laughs> she knows I'm really good at selling weed. So um, it has also changed her because she didn't think after I kept getting no from, you know, companies like Amazon and Columbia that they didn't want me to work for them. And all of a sudden the weed industry is like, Hey, you can change your life. Mm -hmm. We will let you allow you to change your life where nobody else will. Right. You know, she started opening her mind to at least CBD. And what's even better is that she started talking to my other more closed minded side of her life about trying CBD. So right now they are trying topicals, but then it, we run into a whole nother uh, frustrating subject for me because people have ran away with the whole CBD craze. I know. My sister sent me an article now, about people like sleeping in it and wearing it and like, it's absurd. It's <laughs> just, and that's the thing is like when you run away with such a craze, you take away the medicinal value. So now there's like CBD, like now there's CBD shots and there's CBD things. And I'm just, now we have to run into the whole thing where what is the difference between hemp CBD and, and cannabis, hemp-derived CBD, cannabis CBD, and the ones that are derived from tree bark and plant. Like, it's just... It's absurd. It just gets... It's too much. Yeah, so she... Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's incredible because she's asking me. She, now she's runs into the question of asking me, well, some don't work. Yeah. So... Some does. So then it just takes the whole like magic away. Me telling her how it'll be way better for her to take these than her, you know, pharmaceuticals. But that is, I think that's a big issue across the board in this industry. So CBD is a weirdly underregulated product that does actually work when it's produced correctly, and you get the product yes. that actually works. Which when I talk to my, you know, I recommend things now because I know enough people out here and. Everything's in state for the most part, so I know a lot of the people, you know, so I can recommend products because I know who they are and I know that they're testing, but that is really tricky. It's a really tricky part of this industry, and I know out here in Massachusetts, I have some friends who are setting up websites where they're doing their third-party testing and then recommending products. So are you seeing that out in Oregon, too? No, not as of yet. I mean, we do have the companies that are all CBD that ship all over the nation, but then again, that's where the disagreement comes in between me and... Like the here, anything with cannabis derived CBD um, cannot be sold outside of dispensaries. You can't buy it at New Seasons. You can't buy it. You cannot buy it mm-hmm. uh, like a regular old way. Right. So, like the CBD capsules we see at grocery stores or at gas stations, 
I those are the ones that our customers are coming in saying that they that doesn't work for them. Oh, it's like and it, those it's, are like, the, it's a crazy mantra. Yeah. I mean, I always say, do not buy your medication at a. The, 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 I know. Uh, at the gas station, would you? You buy the gas just, station, just, or, that's absurd. Uh, and another <laughs> thing is, like, they come in and they said, "Oh, I bought this select thousand milligram CBD drops that new seasons, and it didn't work." Like, well, you don't know what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> then we then we just go on and we're then we try to you know we try to help the public the best we can. But I feel like this whole CBD craze is kind of getting in our way of actually us getting the you know our consumers to understand what will help medicinally, how to use it medicinally so that it can affect you as opposed to it not. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's a good, me- that's a good he, message. Everyone's sort of trying to share the people who are on the inside of the industry that you, um, yeah, don't get good. And as far as, um, my, my, my girl's pediatrician mm-hmm. know that I use cannabis, all my doctors know, shh, all my all my doctors know that I use cannabis. Yeah. I've always been very upfront about who I am as a person. And was that an issue when you were um, in child when you were um having children? Was that a concern? No. Okay. I used I actually <clears throat> stopped using cannabis um when I was pregnant with my I have a four year old and a two year old okay. girl. Okay. Um with my four year old I stopped using cannabis because I thought it was the right thing. Because I thought it was the right thing to do my first six months. Right. And um, I lost so much weight. My doctors were getting worried. They said I was severely underweight. They told me I was eating too healthy. <laughs> they told me whatever I was doing, I was doing it too healthily as much as they said. They hate to say that. <laughs> so I started taking edibles. Uh-huh. I Increased started your appetite. Yeah. smoking here and there. Yeah. So whatever I could do, I had with my first daughter, I had morning sickness for six months. Oh. <laughs> Brutal. Six months yeah. every day. With my second daughter, it was five and a half months. It was horrendous. Right. You must have been dehydrated. Um, yeah. 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 It was just, it, it. and I had both of them naturally. Okay. And all of this is with help with cannabis. When I was not on cannabis was when I had the most, the worst time of my pregnancies. And this goes, this ties directly back into our endocannabinoid system mm-hmm. and the theory that we are, we can be cannabinoid deficient. Absolutely. Because both of my yes. girls, when they came out, obviously, you know, they, the poop gets, the first poop Marconian. gets tested yep. for drugs. Yep. Get, first poop gets tested for drugs. I had uh, nurses there that were like, oh, we're about to call CPS, whatever, because we know you've been on cannabis, blah, blah, blah. Neither of their poop that got tested showed any amount any trace of thc your body needed it oh, interesting because yeah, that's actually I, 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 I interviewed one of my first interviews with a woman out here in massachusetts who changed that policy in in one of the hospitals because she is a cannabis yeah. medical cannabis and there was no particular reason it was literally just a policy of the hospital it wasn't a, it was based on bad yeah. law and she just went to the top and she got the policy changed yeah and guess what it showed it showed neither of my girls had any trace of thc in their first poop which is their Marcona, right. I think, whatever yep. Yep. medical word for it. Yeah. And the thing is, is that right there is proof alone to show that when our body is deficient in cannabinoids, it will suck it right in and help. It will help you before the baby. Right. You know, and it'll go straight into your system. And because of that, I started eating. I stopped getting morning sickness. My second daughter made it all the way through, uh, all the way through my entire pregnancy, even though. 
I was four centimeters dilated. It allowed me to relax mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't push so hard. I wouldn't freak out and push down on my my second daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I my first daughter. It was I didn't take any, I didn't take any of the the opioids that they gave me after my first one. She was a preemie. My body spontaneously aborted her. Mm. Um, or was trying to abort her, so we rushed to the hospital, all these things, after seven and a half months, so she came out um, three weeks early. They tried to give me pharmaceuticals up the butt, mm-hmm. um, and all I did was use tincture okay. and cannabis. That's it. For the pain, tincture, only cannabis, only that's it, and I did have not regretted it. I didn't get addicted to anything. And, 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 and are you, do, so I see like, this, like, I'm on a lot of Canna Mummy, Canna Mom blog sites, and there's a woman out in California, the Canna Mummy, and people are really advocating for the, um, you know, the children's services will intervene in a lot of these cases. Have you experienced that at all with any people coming in or your friends? And are you doing any advocacy work for that issue? Um, actually, no, I, I, I have not thought about okay. doing any advocacy work for that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, me and the leader of the Canna Mom uh, group actually out here, in or the Canamom chapter out here in Oregon, we are supposed to be meeting up at the Northwest Cannabis Club to talk about what changes this coming year we could possibly bring collaboratively. Yeah, that's an interesting. I just I, I keep reading. You know, my I I read more and more. I mean, my audience I think is really more people like me, older women, because we're learning about this product. But I do talk to a lot of young moms and how they use this product in their life, and you know that issues of how they talk to their friends, how they talk to their family. But the idea that a lot of these policies in hospitals are based off of misinformation, you know, yes. um, it's just, uh, it's, it seems like an easy fix if people, if women stood up and said, <laughs> we're done <Yes>. with it. <laughs> yes. Well, we are, we're, we're, we, we are going to start. We are going to start. I know a lot of, uh, out here prevalently, we have a lot of very women, uh, female dominated companies, especially in the cannabis industry, like Empower, um, Junk. We have quite a lot of uh, women-ran businesses here in Oregon that are in the cannabis industry. So we will uh, be pushing that forward. And you connect connect them to me. I'd love to talk to them. Love. I I mean, meeting meeting people from, I'm, I'm you know, I'm out here in Massachusetts, but the women across this country are really, like, fascinating to me, to me. That they're willing to put, and this is a new industry. We can make the rules. I say that like pretty much every show. <laughs> that's correct. Um, actually, that's very interesting because I did tell the leader um, of the Canamom group chapter here in Oregon that I was going to do your show, and she was quite fascinated with it. So I, I'm going to bring up that I did your show and bring, uh, if you would not mind, connect you two together because she yeah. that would be a great person to talk to. She is the the one that runs this chapter, the Canamom chapter here in Oregon. Let me go. Yeah, because I actually worked. Um, you know, Tokativity out in. Portland. I do. I am one of their oh, ambassadors. Okay, so Samantha, I am also so, Samantha, a Tokativity ambassador. Awesome. So Samantha Montanero was out here doing an East Coast tour um, this summer, I think. So I met her yeah. and I walked around Cambridge, and um, yeah, it's amazing. These people are amazing. Hopes for the future. What do you see? What do you see coming? Uh, hopefully, I get to pull off everything that I plan for this year that's all i would hope for <laughs> it all gets pulled off successfully that's great all right um what a fun conversation so any other messages that you want to leave with my guest um about what your experience has been what you think the future is going to be how you work with your children you know i just it's it's um it's a growing industry right we don't know what the future is going to hold 
Yes, this is true. And what I would just like to say is anybody that wants to reach out to me um, and learn more about my story, I am a felon. It is something that I am not proud of, but I wear very securely on my shoulders because no one is going to change that. Nothing's going to change that. Arizona doesn't put aside felonies. They don't expunge them. So don't give up. You know, moms that are single, that have, that you feel like the world's on you, don't give up. Mm-hmm. You know, just do it. Do it. Do it. All right. I don't know. Yeah, just do it. Like, close your eyes as tight as you can. All the fears that you feel on you. Take them with you. you. Take, t- take those fears yep. with you and jump. Yep. Take it all with you. Take it all with you and jump. That's awesome. Because... <laughs> You honestly won't get anywhere unless you do. <laughs> I agree. All right. So, oh, that was a quick 40 minutes. So for my amazing guest, Emily Rios, how do people reach you if they want to find out more about you and connect with you? Um, Definitely they can reach out to me through you or Instagram. Please do not feel ashamed or shy at all. And what's your Instagram, Instagram handle? At, Emily, what's your Instagram? Um, it, yes, it is at C-A-N-N-A. S-A-Y-A-N-D-O-L-L. It's at Canasandall. Um, I would hope anybody, fear or not, I'm really easy to talk to. Please reach out to me if you have any questions at all. She is very easy to talk to. Okay, and for my Canna sister, Amy Searles, I hope your mom's feeling better soon. We miss you today. My daughter, my daughter for sitting in the studio but not saying a word. <laughs> I want to thank the Podcast Garage right here in Alston, Massachusetts. Josh Lampkin for writing and performing the Cannamom theme music. And Josh Lampkin for being our sound engineer this month. Jim Brayton, our web guru. My new business team, Kelly Dolan, Kim Kramer, and Laurie Lennon. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to The Cannamom Show, where we are empowering women in the cannabis industry and crushing that cannabis stigma one can of story at a time. Please follow us on social media and subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber, and this is The Cannamom Show. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.